Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, you know, it's interesting because somebody, now that Passover is over, yes, you can put away the matzah for a year. Some people like matzah year-round. You know, God bless them. I don't think I have anything else to say. But somebody told me, Rabbi, you're amazing. Somebody this week emailed me, said, Rabbi, you're amazing. I said, oh, wow, that's nice. And I was thinking, okay, I was reading. That's well, nice they say that. They said, yeah, you were into Passover so much that you wanted to experience a plague. And I said, thanks, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. That's really, <laughs> why yada. <yada-yada. laughs> Only Mishpachah do you get those kind of comments, right? You know, it's not like, you know, some people from these, you know, the, this beautiful mega church or something might say, oh, pastor, we're praying. No, no, I get ribbed. Okay, all right, thanks a lot. I appreciate That's Mishpachah. That's the way we live here, man. We live Mishpachah. That's what it's all about. Come on, y'all. We got to be real. We're, we're, we're not in this for some kind of show. This is life, man, and this is, this is meaning. God gives meaning to life. That's what the psalmist sang, right? And also in the worship, without you, there's no meaning. Life has no meaning without you. There's got to be meaning in life. And friends, you can't have that without God. Otherwise, you're just sucking wind. Ooh, my new book coming out soon, Sucking Wind. <laughs> okay, uh, friends, it's so interesting to me uh, to notice something. As I'm reflecting, I'm going to be going to Exodus, by the way. Exodus chapter 14 is where I'm going to start. You can turn ahead. We just had Passover. Passover was just, uh, you know, people are all, also, and I want to thank the team that, that, that filled in for me uh, during COVID. They did such a great job. I thank Godfrey. I thank Mark. I thank Yonatan. Wow, what a great job these folks did. And whoo, boy, I tell you what, it's interesting. I came back and I... I told Dara, I said, Dara, it looks like we're going to need to get some subs and stuff. She said, come on, you're kidding. What? And so she also did a great job of scrambling to help. And so thanks to all these folks. They just did a great job. And wow, listen, you know, we're a team here. We're a team. You know, I'm a member here too. We're a team. And we all pitch in together to make this work. You got to be willing to pitch in. Uh, And so uh, I I really thank uh, those folks. Man, Mark did a great Seder. Everybody's been telling me. Uh, Friends, it's so very interesting to to notice something, just having Passover. Through the plagues and the slavery of over 400 years ended and the children of Israel were set free. You know, after 400 years, I mean, listen, I was was quarantined in my room for like a week and I'm like, get me out of here, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was like a week quarantined in my room, you know, with, with the, I still get good, decent, good meals and matzo ball soup and everything. And that was a week, you know, 400 years slavery. Are you serious? Right? You can imagine the emotion of our people after, after literally hundreds of years as slaves. Pharaoh finally said, Go. He finally said, go, and the children of Israel left. And beyond that, they had such favor when they left, the scriptures recount. It's, it's an interesting side note that is, that is pretty powerful, I think. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt, had such favor that the Egyptians showered them with gold and riches on their way out. Wow, that's, that's pretty intense. I mean, after, after four as a slave, you can imagine. You know, they're like, they got the music going, celebrate good times, come on. You know, they're, they're coming out of there of Egypt and hey, and, and it's like, oh, there's the Egyptian slave masters. And they're like, uh, here, take our gold. It's like, what? I mean, it's surreal. It's, 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 it's absolutely, you think about it, it's, it's kind of crazy exactly uh, how that happened. I mean, and they, they surely felt finally vindicated and they finally felt highly favored. And they were highly favored. And so, the celebration, I want, you, I want you to think, there's a reason I'm, I'm getting into this here. I want you to imagine, put yourself in the place of these slaves for hundreds of years. I mean, that's, that's as far back as you can think. I mean, 400 years, every, you know, your, your, your mother, your father, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-
that we let Israel go from serving us. So he prepared his chariots and took his people with him. He took 600 of the finest chariots along with all other chariots of Egypt and captains over them. Woo, boy, watch out. That is some serious stuff right there. That's, that's intense. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Though, again, put yourself in the mind of the Israelite having come out of Egypt just a few days ago, right? With great fanfare and with incredible favor and with receiving the riches and spoils of Egypt and, and wearing gold chains around your neck, right? What's this? Mazeh? They were probably like, whoa, 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 what's this? The battle was already won. I thought that the battle was already won. We already went through the whole thing. Uh, we already went through the, the, the 10 plagues. The 10 plagues are done. We've been set free. We're past all of that. We went through, what is, what do you mean? Coming at, after us now with chariots and, and, and getting ready for a slaughter and, and, and bringing us back. Hold on, whoa, whoa, what? See, no, no, this was already done. The slavery is over. We had the party. <laughs> didn't, didn't you see? You know, we got our get out of jail free cards. <sighs> what, is, what, what is going on here? The captivity is over. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt that way before? I know that I have before. Right when you think that you have a victory, boom, here's another attack. Right when you think you've got the victory, right? Right when, right when you have the victory, right? But then even you have the victory, then boom, another attack, another. I thought that the war was over. Nope, nope, nope. Friends, the adversary is not as strong as the Lord, but he can be relentless. He can be, and he will continue to try to come at you he will continue. And listen, this is not a discouraging word, but it is a word to help us understand and not be discouraged. And I'll explain to you exactly why. Well, how did the children of Israel react? If you don't speak Hebrew, I'll have Orel translate that for you. <laughs> but the, the basic translation is how did the children of Israel react? Not well. Not well, very badly. Thank you very much. Exodus 14, verse 10. Oh, my people, my people. But listen, I understand, but no. Verse 10, what did they do? When Pharaoh drew near B'nai Israel, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. So they were terrified. I understand. And B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, cried out to Adonai. They said to Moses, oh boy, here we go. Oh boy, they're talking to Moses now. No, what are they saying here? Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness because there were no graves in Egypt? Why have you dealt this way with us to bring us out of Egypt? Did we not say to you in Egypt, let us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? It was better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. I got Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Come on, y'all, come on, come on. I have in my notes, not exactly our finest moment <laughs> as a people, right, <laughs> right, Brucey? Uh, you know, Bruce, Bruce was in the restaurant. He and his family were in the restaurant business for many years. 
he could tell you more than anybody, our people know how to complain. <laughs> he was in the re- his family owned a restaurant, right, for years. You know, we're, we're experts at it. My dad, man, I tell you what, Rabbi E., Oh boy, boy, he, he, he knew just how to complain about that restaurant. Some, you know, and it, it, it's the server, hey, come here, come here. It's like, oh boy, here he goes, here he goes. Something's not right, something's not right. What's wrong with the food? There's something not right. Okay, well, it's, hey, listen, it's, it's, it's in our nature all the way from Exodus. Come on, y'all, it's, it's just who we are. You know, it's, we need to repent. Lord, help us, help us. But in any case, this was not our finest moment. Remember, we'd already been through, you have to understand though, you have to understand that the mindset, y'all, this is important for us to understand for our own lives. You have to understand the mindset. We'd already been through Passover. The 10 plagues were over. In fact, it's so interesting because as, as I was really reflecting on it, and really reflecting upon the mindset of our people during this time, y'all, it, it, it struck me something interesting because by that time, by the time they got to the, to the Red Sea and were about to be pushed into the Red Sea or crushed by Pharaoh's chariots uh, coming, already by that time, God had instituted the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Already, it had already been instituted commanding us to to not eat leavened bread, to eat matzah and such for seven days. Why? To remember how God saved us. Whoa. Okay, now now follow me on this now because you got to understand the time frame. It really helps you understand and put in context the whole story that's going on. It's very interesting. That was chapter 13. We're in 14 now, right? 14 the children of Israel are by the Red Sea. Here comes Pharaoh. Here comes Pharaoh. But just in chapter 13, we were in bondage, but we are no longer. We just celebrated. We just got the spoils. But now what is their reaction? One chapter later, just a few days later, what is the reaction? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt, Moses? We wanted to stay in Egypt. We should have just stayed Why'd you bring us out in the wilderness to die? This is pretty sad stuff. And honestly, what our people said would have been bad enough on its own. Honestly, it would have been bad on it. But it's much worse given everything that had happened to them to get them to this point. <laughs> right? That, that, makes it all, that makes it all the worse, our people's attitude. Uh, it's, it's hard to understand that kind of attitude after everything that had just happened to them, all the mighty acts of God himself. Let's just briefly pen back to the previous chapter, Exodus chapter 13, why it's instructive to understand the mindset and to help us in our lives have the right perspective on things. Oh, it's so important, beloved. Exodus chapter 13, what does it say in verse 8? <laughs> What what is the command to the children of Israel? It says this, you are to tell your son. This is before 14 now. This is the previous chapter. After they were set free, before Pharaoh came to get them. Verse eight of chapter 13. You are to tell your son on that day saying, it is because of what Adonai did for me when I came out of Egypt. Talking about Passover and such, so it will be like a sign on your hand and a reminder between your eyes so that the Torah or law of Adonai may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, Adonai has brought you out of Egypt. 
So, so what is the command, and what do the children of Israel say in chapter 13? This is very important to understand to help us gain some perspective on 14. 13, they said, yes, I'm gonna tell my children. I'm gonna tell the whole point of Passover, y'all, the whole point of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Yes, I'm gonna tell my children. I'm gonna tell them about the great and mighty miraculous acts that God himself did, the 10 plagues. You, you all know the story. You went through Passover Seder this week, okay? Uh, yes, I'm gonna tell my children. I'm gonna let them know about how God took us out. And they're all like, yes, God, yay, God. Man, God did it. He took us out. It was all him through miraculous signs and wonders like the world has never seen before. God is the one who did it. And I'm gonna tell everybody about it. God is the greatest. He took us out. He made us free. I'm gonna tell my children, my grandchildren, everybody else. And then what happens the next day? Why did you take us here? You see? You see, it's interesting when you look at it with that perspective. Why didn't you leave us in Egypt? That's what we wanted. We wanted to stay in Egypt. That's what we wanted. A few days later, this? A few, just a few days later, do you see? Do you see how easy it is, my friend, for the adversary to steal victories from us? Do you see how easy it is if we're not on guard, for the adversary to steal victories away from us. As much as I might like to get on my people about this, we're not much different from the children of Israel. We're really not that much. What do we do? We lament, we cry, God help us, God help us, God help And whatever it is that we're going through, right? And then God helps us. And then we go about our business and quickly forget all that God did for us. And then when the adversary attacks again, we suddenly curl up in a ball and act like we've never been in a crisis before. Woe is me. Oh, man, you know what I'm saying here is that this is all too often our pattern as humans, is that it is our tendency to do exactly what the children of Israel did in Exodus 13 and 14, right? 12, 13, first, we're slaves. God, the cry of the Israelites came out to God. That's why he came down. He heard our cry for help as we were slaves. We cried out, oh, the slavery, the bondage, it's the worst. God help us. Oh, this is terrible. It's been 400 years. Our people, remember your promise to our people. God does unbelievable stuff. I mean, come on, let's face it. He, the, the coolest kind of stuff, Messiah's sacrifice withstanding, um, but the coolest miracle stuff like ever in history, right, in the, of the world, and, 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 and sets us free. And we're like, yes, and we celebrate. And God says, okay, remember this now. Tell, in fact, here's Passover, unleavened bread. Okay, yes, we're gonna tell our kids about this. God, you took us out with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. And yes, it was all what you did. And, and then just like, it wasn't even like a couple years later. <laughs> it was good, a couple days. A couple days later, boom, there we are. Oh, there they come. Oh, why did you take us out here? We should have stayed. We told you we wanted to stay in Egypt. Oh, God, God, what's, this is like us. We, we want help. We want help from God. You know, 
It's interesting. I ask you, what, what, what was your biggest, what was the biggest prayer request you had, you know, f- four or five months ago or four or five years ago? A lot of times people say, well, hold on. Uh, uh, hold on. I, I know I'll remember it. Uh, let me think. Oh, maybe I could think. A few of you, maybe something comes to mind, but a lot of you, nothing immediately comes to mind. There's a reason for that. We all too often forget when God does help us out of whatever it is that we come out of. And then once we come out of it, then we're like, yeah, all right. Oh, boy, feeling good. Like I know I should. <laughs> and here, things are working out great. And, and then, not so long after, what, the next crisis comes. And what do we do? <laughs> we curl up in the, in, the, in the embryonic position. Oh, God, why have you abandoned me? Listen, friends, I'm guilty of this too. It's not, I, I, this is not, I'm not pointing my finger. Uh, Rabbi E used to say, you remember, when you point your finger at somebody else, you got three pointing right back at you. Do you realize that? You know, it's like, you, you, <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not pointing my finger. I've done this. I've, I personally, when I related to this message, I'm like, ooh, this one hurt me. You know, we just tend to go about, listen, and understand for context, I'm I'm not being Pollyanna here. I'm not saying that the children of Israel should have looked at the approaching chariot. I'm not saying they should have looked at the approaching chariots and said, hey, boys, we're over here. Let's go. Say when. That's that's not... (laughs) Tombstone reference here. Uh, I, that's not what I'm saying. They should have said, hey, come on, let's go, chairs. <laughs> Chariots. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, so it's not that they shouldn't have had concern. It's totally understandable. It's totally reasonable that they were concerned about all these chariots coming at them. No question. It's, it's not that they shouldn't have, shouldn't, shouldn't have reacted in some way. But they should have immediately turned to the Lord. They should have immediately turned to the Lord, especially given what they had just seen from God. Remember the 10 plagues? Hello? Remember Passover? Remember how God saved us and our firstborn? God, we need you again. God, we need you again. Here come the Egyptians. Somebody get a prayer meeting together. <laughs> okay. Okay, now that's legit, right? Somebody get a prayer meeting together and somebody bring a sword too. Let's go. You know, hey, listen, we, we, got, we need the Lord to help us, God. Well, look at that. Okay, here they come. That does not look good to me. Look at all the Egyptians coming out. I'm not like, hallelujah, hey, boy. No, 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 no. It's, you know, you're not, it's not a game. But okay, but, but you do, you, you say, oh, Lord, help me. God, help. Let's get together. Let's circle, cir- circle up, folks. We got to pray to God here. We need God to save us from those people. They're back. They're, they're, they're like the bug that won't squish, you know. I give a message on, okay, it's like, you know, they're back again. They're back again. God, we need your help again. Lord, let's, inter- let's start interceding. Lord, what, Moses, what, what do we, we got to do? What are we doing? What are we doing, Moses? This, this is what we should, have been, we should have done, friends. This proclivity to complain and doubt God was tolerated over and over by God. It really was. Eventually, it cost us. Eventually, God had had enough of the complaining, right? 
And, and, and what was the cost? The cost was that generation's entrance into the promised land. That was their cost and more, right? But at this point, still, God was going the extra, 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 extra mile. Eli, doesn't God go the extra mile? He does for you, doesn't he? He does for me. God goes the extra, extra, extra mile. You know, it's the Exodus 14. Let's go back there. So what happened? How did God react to all the people's complaining and moaning and, and saying we should have stayed in Egypt? We wanted to stay in Egypt. Why'd you take us out here, Moses? What was God's reaction? Man, I tell you what, he was way more compassionate than I would have been. I was like, oh, really? So you want to go back to Egypt? All right. All right, that's what you want after all I did for you? Are you kidding me? No, that's not what God did. Verse 13 of chapter 14, 14, 13. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of Adonai, which he will perform for you today. You have seen the Egyptians today, but you will never see them again ever. Adonai will fight for you while you hold your peace. Wow. Friends, God is merciful and, uh, and gracious within these verses for two separate reasons. First, the obvious. He was saving us from the hands of the mighty Egyptians, okay? The most powerful military in the world at the time he was saving us from them, Dainu, right? It's enough. It's enough he did this. But also, but also, it's compounded, y'all. It's a compounded, merciful move by God. It's not just that he saved us as people, Dainu, that's enough, but he specifically saved a people despite seeing the greatest miracles in the history of the world who still rebelled and doubted God yet again. So, so do you see how it's like a double? It's really more than that. It's, 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 to me, it's exponential. It's, it's enough that he just saved us, Dainu, he saved us. But specifically, he saved a, a, a people who were like shaking their fist in his face after all that, that God had done for them. And yet, that was their response. That was their reaction. Complaining, saying we should have stayed in Egypt. Why'd you take us out here? That's the thanks I get, God might say. That's the thing. You know, he could have easily said that. It's one thing if it were like a, a good godly people who were all honoring God and, and having the prayer meeting and saying, Lord, you saved us with the 10 plagues, save us again. Okay, I mean, well, you know, it still would have been a miracle. It still would have been merciful of God and, and unbelievably miraculous. I mean, you know what he did, of course. You know the end of the story here. But how much more so with the people who were doing this? The extra, extra, extra mile Wow, friends, I want to tell you something in case you don't know it. Wait for it. It's not that profound, but it's very profound. God is good. God is good. And hello, this is the so-called judgmental God of the Old Testament. The judgmental God of the Old Testament. That's, that's the God that's doing this. That's the God that's saving, saving our people when, when we're doing that kind of stuff. Oh, no, my friends. He's the same merciful God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But that includes today for you and for me. He's the same merciful God for us today. For you, for what it is that you're going through, he's the same merciful God. But friends, the point here is we got to be ready, and we got to know attacks will 
come, even after great victories, sometimes even right after great victories. Attacks will come. There are many applications of this that, 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 that are very practical in orientation, and, and there's a million applications. Every one of you in your life has seen some victory. It can be a big or a small victory. Conquer smoking? Great. Don't be surprised at a new attack that comes your way. You know, you might think, oh, yes, I, I did. Start reading your word more faithfully. Yes, I'm reading my word more faithfully. Be ready for adversity. Wow, okay. But wait, I thought reading my word regularly brings victory. It does. Well, why then am I having to battle more? Why, why then... Why then am I, I, I suddenly having to battle an illness? Uh, if, 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 if I'm treating my spouse better and being intentional to treat my spouse better and like really make an effort, why do I then, you know, sometime later lose my job? Isn't God looking out for me? Uh, I thought this stuff was supposed to work. Listen, that question makes sense, but it's not that the victory was not real. Or that, it didn't, or that it did not have great effect. It did. It's just that the adversary, friends, does not give up. So we have to be ready for the next fight. And it might be sooner rather than later. You don't know when it's going to be. We have to be ready. The victory is real. The victory over Pharaoh and the 10 plagues and the whole story of the Exodus and the story of Passover is a real, was and is a real victory. It wasn't F-A-U-X, it wasn't foe, it was real. But then the next attack came, you see? So many believers are, are, are led to a, a, put in a mindset and, and oftentimes religious people will, will guide them wrongly uh, in, in such a way that, they're not ready. Why? Because they're, they're told that it's just always, you know, mountaintop to mountaintop, and you never have to go through anything in your life. You do have to go through things in your life. There are battles. Hello, have you read the Bible, like once? Have you read a couple chapters? There's plenty of adversity, my friends. This is part of the game here in this world. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. We had an amazing tour of Israel, didn't we, ladies? We had an amazing tour. Wow, what an amazing, it was outstanding. Friends, we took spiritual ground. Then right at the end, a whole bunch of us, half the group got COVID. <laughs> was that fun? No. I'm speaking personally here at this point. I'm not representing anyone else. I'll just represent myself. It was not fun. Okay, now does that diminish? Does that say that there were not victories in, in the land and insights and, and, and amazing revelations of God and God speaking and touching us? Does that say that, well, maybe that stuff just really didn't even happen because you got caught? Goodness, no, of course not. Friends, right after the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday, Yeshua was betrayed and crucified right after the triumphal entry on the Mount of Olives, on Palm Sunday. Friends, that's, that's rough. You talk about rough, that's rough. 
right after being lauded, you know, Hoshiana, Hoshiana, Baruch Shemadonai. And then betrayed and crucified, really? Friends, it's, it's often can be the case that there can be great victories, but you don't let your guard down. And don't be discouraged. See, this is actually a very encouraging message. Don't be discouraged when that next attack comes. Don't let it diminish the victory that you had in your life in the first place. Don't forget the victory. It's I, don't th- I think it's intentional that in Exodus 13, God instituted Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, before the story was even completely over. It's interesting, Jack, isn't it? You know, I'd never thought about that before. He instituted unleavened bread, and, and it specifically talks about the incredible victory that God gave us to, to take us out of slavery that was instituted before Pharaoh came after us again. Isn't that interesting? The story wasn't even completely done, and, but yet he had already instituted. So what was God saying? No, no, no. This was a victory. You were let go. This was the next battle. This was the next battle. But you see, our, it, yeah, that is a wow, isn't it? It was a wow to me too, right? But, our, but our, our people's mindset was just connecting and just like, oh, the first victory was, was nothing, and they totally threw it away and discarded it like it was garbage. Do you, do you see what our people did? We wanted to stay in Egypt. Oh, man, no, 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 no. They missed the point. They missed the point. Why am I teaching you this? So you don't miss the point. So you don't release the victory that you had and that you have, the victories that you have in your life. They're real. Look back on them and allow them to build trust in your life for the maker who's the provider of the victories. Romans, please, chapter 8. That's where we can bring in Romans 8. You know Romans 8, but man, it just connects to this whole point. Bring in Romans 8 right here. You know Romans 8, but man, even if you don't know <clears throat> he's working for you, right? That's what the musician's saying. Even if you don't feel it, he's working for you. Romans 8, 28. Now, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Friends, God was the one who planned for Pharaoh to come attack the children of Israel at the Red Sea. Take a look carefully at chapter 14. God is the one who planned that. At the very least, God is not surprised and he's not worried already when the next attack comes our way. God doesn't go, oh my gosh, (gasps) after that great victory, they're being attacked again. Oh no, I I didn't see that one coming. God never says that. God never says, I didn't see that coming. You know, God probably doesn't enjoy movies very much. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I already, already know the end of that one. Yeah, I already know that. But what about, yeah, I already know the end of that one. It's like, oh, man, God, that's a shame. That's all right. I'm sure he has got plenty of uh, things to, he doesn't need movies to entertain him. He's got us. <laughs> He's got us to entertain him. All right, I just had a sermon to myself up here. Just, uh, that's all right. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Friends, we have to trust that God has the big picture in mind and that even if evil Sometimes 
does prosper due to the evil inclinations of man, God does have a way of making even hard things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. That's one part of the the passage that some people just ignore. All things work together for good. Yeah, yeah, everything worked for good, you know? So something horrible happens, and, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's all for good. No, it's not all for good. A lot of it's for bad. I mean, the, the will of God often does not happen. You all know that, okay? I mean, it's, it's like the story of the Scripture. It's the story of, of, of Eden, gone Eden, right? The Garden of Eden, right? But nonetheless, even when bad things happen, if you are called according to His purpose... God can take even these hard things and work together for good. Do you see? If you are called according to his purpose, so if you are in his will, if you are following him, if you are doing what you need to do. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, that bad things will not happen. They can. It also doesn't mean that you'll always like the results. Sometimes we won't. At the same time, Sometimes we will. <laughs> Sometimes we will. Sometimes we will like the result of God taking a bad thing and making it good. Let's face it. The Red Sea parted. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, wow. I got to see that on DVD in heaven. God doesn't need movies. What was I even saying? God's, God, God is the movie maker. I got to see the Red Sea parting in heaven, you know, and on the DVD or uh, virtual reality. I know the young people are like, Rabbi, it's not DVD anymore. It's, it's like virtual reality. Okay, okay, virtual reality, whatever it is. I got to, the Red Sea parted. Now, can you imagine for just a minute all the complainers' reaction? Why'd you take us out of Egypt? We wanted to stay in Egypt. Let me get out of frame. Let me hide. Can you imagine their reaction when the Red Sea, you know, when Charlton Heston did it, you know, staff, you know, no, the music, yeah, the orchestra. It was so cool. I've seen it. Can you imagine, though, the complainer's reaction? Friends, the point is to trust the maker. Trust the maker, right? Like these musicians were singing. Even if you don't know it, he's still working. Even if you don't see it, he's still working. Do you see how much that relates to the message? Just and he has proven himself time after time to be trustworthy. And after the plagues, we remember, another trial may await. Even after the greatest of victories, there are still battles to come. So don't let your guard down. And don't be discouraged if you're still in battle. That's the way it's supposed to be right now in this world. We are in a battle, at least for now. And let's trust him now. Y'all, trust God now before he comes to the rescue. Because we know that he has before. God has his divine purposes 
And if we trust in Him, we will one day be able to enter into the promised land. The title of my message is Before the Red Sea Parts. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, God. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who has never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you're here and you've never said yes to Yeshua, but you want to, raise your hand. We'll have a simple prayer. If you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, just wave your hand and we'll pray right now. Is there anyone? Perhaps you're watching online or listening on the podcast. If that's you and you've never committed your life to God, repeat this very simple prayer and God will touch you. Say, dear God, I accept Yeshua into my heart right now. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me, God, of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, Lord. Mm. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email or give us a call. Let us know we want to celebrate with you. Best decision you ever made. And Lord, I want to thank you for each and every other person here, God, because all of us in this place and everybody watching online or listening on the podcast, everybody here has at one point had a victory and has at one point had 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 another fight that's come. So Lord, please remind us of this story of Passover as we're exiting this Passover season. Lord, and remind us not just of the initial victory, yes, but, let it, but remind us of that victory even when the next attack comes. And let that first victory change the way we look, perceive, and react to the next battle. That way we don't freak out, Lord, like our people did years ago. We don't freak out. We're not going to complain. Thank you, O oh Lord. We're going to trust in you. Maybe just for a moment, I know we're right about time, but just maybe just for a moment, even if, you know, you, you are, you, even if I don't see it, you're working, maybe just a little bit of that so that we can all, let's all stand for just a moment and just let that sink into your spirit. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working.
Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.